invest in and follow principles that has proved to be pretty successful. This landlord's gonna make almost two million bucks over the next 12 years for doing something one time. Mm -hmm. And that's like residual. This guy's got another seven retail spaces and he's got 10 stories of apartments about it. And I'm like, man, I'm on the wrong side of the coin, right? I need to own real estate, not broker it. You start doing deals that are absolutely life-changing, like that put you on the path for intergenerational wealth. Welcome to the Real Estate Home Runs podcast. I am your host, Louis Van der Horst. This is a podcast for busy professionals who want to learn about passive income producing strategies that have helped others crush it in the real estate world. Whether you are a new or seasoned real estate investor, this is the podcast for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Home Runs podcast. We're so excited to have Adrian Smood on our podcast today. Adrian has been investing in real estate for over 18 years. He house hacked without realizing it and became an accidental landlord in 2002 to the same friends who were part cause of his previous eviction. Adrian attempted to invest again and his second home ended it as a short sale. After 11 years of being a hobby landlord, he discovered his passion for real estate through REIA meetings. Adrian switched his investing niche to mobile homes with land for the last six years and has been following this path ever since. Adrian is part of three mastermind groups, including one that he hosts. In addition, he helps to run his local REIA meetings and wholesales properties and lends money. Adrian's newest adventure in real estate includes speaking and educating, and we are so excited to have him on our podcast to talk today. Welcome back to the Real Estate Home Runs podcast, everyone. We have an interesting setting today. Adrian Smood is our guest. And for those of you just listening, he has a really interesting background of a trailer. And Adrian has a shirt that says, my wife buys mobile homes and then his phone number. That is interesting. Adrian, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love the shirt and I love the background. It kind of, you know, lets everybody know we're talking about mobile home parks today. Yeah, and the background really started in the Zoom world. Last year, I was on a RIA meeting and some of the people that are just listening, this trailer is in really rough shape. And I had a, a nicer, prettier one there. And another guy started putting a little bit crappier trailer. And then I went to beat him out and we just kept going back and forth until we both found like, the most beat up one we ever bought. Like you said, it attracts attention and it's a good, fun background. Yeah, it's a conversation starter. Yeah. So how did you get started with real estate? So it was about 18 years ago, I started as a tenant, a terrible tenant. I was being evicted by the landlord because my friends and I, we had about six eviction notices. The funnier one was asking us to stop parking the motorcycle inside the house. And I'm in central Florida. It doesn't get that cold here, but my friend still didn't want to deal with his motorcycle taking a little bit to warm up. So he would park it in the living room and yeah, the landlord didn't like that. So I bought a house. I had a family member that was a mortgage broker and 18 years ago, we didn't need anything to buy a house. The banks just gave away money on a signature that worked out really well. I had my friends move in with me that helped me get evicted. I bought a second house a few years later and that didn't work out so well. I bought it at the top of the market with an arm. So it was an adjustable rate. I was losing a little bit every month, but it's okay. You know, you're supposed to refinance in a few years. And I bought that at the top of the market. So it didn't work. I ended up being a short sale, which made me very conservative. Fast forward a few years, I started going to RIA meetings. And that's when I learned about mobile homes at the RIA meetings. I just started talking to the older seasoned guy or girl in the back of the room. They don't need to buy another property, but they just enjoy the game and enjoy real estate. And they all talked about mobile homes. 
So I, I bought one, I bought a second one and fast forward all the way to today. We don't own any more site built homes. We sold our last one a few months ago and we just buy mobile homes, like single unit mobile homes with the land. So the home land package, that is our main business. That's the shorter version of my story of how I got the mobile homes. Yeah. So just so that I know I'm understanding you were going through an eviction as a tenant, then got connected with a local RIA and your first deal was a mobile home park that you bought. So my very first was a site built home, a so site like built a home, ranch got style. It. I probably bought four or five of those. And then, so we have not purchased a mobile home park yet. Although I just went and looked at another one today. We've looked at them. I'm looking for a very picky criteria. If I were to buy one, because I don't have to buy something. And so I want a very good deal if I do. And we mainly buy just the single unit with the land. So the home and land, it's essentially no different than a site built ranch home, except for it's a mobile home instead of them building it right there. It, it's it. a little niche of the market that honestly, a lot of people don't realize exists or even understand about, which is how we got into it because most investors don't know about it and became less competition. So is that why you decided to go with mobile homes then is less competition and you kind of have control over the ones you want to purchase or not and, and go on? Yeah, exactly. And it's that, but the real big reason is also cash flow. We just found a very good way to make cash flow, which is really what we care about with less competition. I know some people are doing that today in mobile home parks and storage facilities, but we just looked for it and that's what we came up with at the time. And it works for us. We got educated on them, of course, because in Florida, hurricanes take mobile homes and throw them all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming then you have to get flood insurance in those cases and make sure that you're covered in case anything were to happen or, and that's your market, Florida, correct? Yes. So we stick within 30 minutes of our home. We live in Plant City, where the winter survey capital of the world, and we stay within 30 minutes of there. So we are between Tampa and Orlando. When it comes to insurance, that's always a, a question that comes up. And it's, it really depends on what year home we're buying. This one that if anyone's watching it can see, this is a 1960s. There's not going to be named storm coverage, meaning hurricane coverage. It's not possible. Every county municipality is a little different of what the insurance companies will give us. But in general, around us, 1980 or newer is the only thing that we can get name storm coverage on. But we just have to buy at the right price, higher risk. We get a higher reward and not get the name storm coverage. Flood insurance, we don't get it. That'll lead into financing if you want me to talk about that for a second, because that's usually why you have to get flood insurance. And the banks won't finance all the ones that we buy. Banks will finance 20 years old, and then some small community banks will usually finance the older ones, older, like all the way back to 76. But to bring it up to the code that they want it at costs so much money that sometimes it might cost more than the home itself. So it's mainly private money owner financing, and then obviously we can use our own cash. And none of those have ever required us to have flood insurance. And we just take that risk. We want a higher return again because we're taking a larger risk. Got it. And walk us through maybe your first deal or one that you recently did. Like how do you find it? How do you fund it? And what is your long-term plan with it? Okay. So our first one, I would say technically a bird dog. It was a girl that was working for a investor, but brokerage firm. So he did a little bit of both. And she brought me the leads. She said, Hey, look, 
they're just trying to get rid of it. And what it was is the broker was selling them their new home and he needed this mobile home out of the picture because it had a little bit of debt on it or they weren't going to qualify for their new loan. I looked at it. It was $16,000. I was going to pay cash for it. We had a little bit more than that and I was scared of which way to go, but I figured I'm either going to make it with this or I'm going to like hit this splat point. I'd heard someone talk about you either need to fail real quick or you need to take massive action. So I figured one of these two were going to happen. I was going to spend all of our savings and then my wife was going to be really pissed and I didn't know what I was going to do and maybe it'd light a little fire under me or it was going to make money. Well, it made money and it made really good money. We bought it for 16000 we put a few thousand dollars into it and we actually sold that one as a rent to own. We've done a little bit of that. Our primary business is buying it just to rent, but we sold it at $45,000. Wow. And she was very happy with it because her monthly payment was going to be less than she was paying for rents. It got her son into a school where he had more friends. You know, I was blown away and the monthly payments worked for us and we had to do all the right paperwork. And unfortunately, she actually moved out of there a few years ago and gave it back to us. So we have it now and we're going to, you know, we're re-renting it out now. We made great money on it. There was higher risk. Like I said, that was a 62. So we had, not everything was fully up to date. We couldn't get the insurance that we just spoke about. We spent our own cash on it. We knew that the septic, if there was going to be an issue, that where it was placed was not the best of spots. It was a tiny sliver of land, 0.09 acres. So it had some stuff going against it, but we bought it for cash flow. That's all we buy for it. It was a funky layout. You had to go through one bedroom to another. A lot of these things that a lot of investors don't like. And I looked at it all as this will make a monthly cash flow and I can put someone in here that appreciates it, wants it for their family. And that's what we did. The one that we bought earlier this year, we bought it from a wholesaler. That one we paid $50,000 for. And I tried to negotiate a little bit with the wholesaler, but I knew he wasn't going to budge much. I, I get his emails. I know his stuff goes fast. He did make a mistake and describe it as a funky layout. I didn't think it was a funky layout. It was nothing like that one I told you about already. Mm -hmm. And we had to put $8,000 in closing costs, a few little minor repairs. It is on a double lot. It has a workshop in the back. It has a lot of things that our ideal tenant wants on a quiet dead end street and we have it rented for $12.75 a month. $58,000 all in. Yeah. We're getting $12.75 a month. We have a, a nice piece of land. So we have that land if something ever happened to it. The hurricane came and blew it away. We have two lots now instead of one. So that was another reason I like this property. Sounds like it was a great deal. Yeah. Again, I loved it. I didn't even have to negotiate. You know, I tried to because we always tried to and he said mm -hmm. no. He made $10,000 on it, which is great. Yeah. You know, I, I like it when wholesalers and bird dogs and everyone else makes money because they probably will call me again if they made a good chunk of money. And we got some great tenants in there. Yeah. I feel like some people may argue that they can still get similar cash flow in a single family or multifamily and be able to keep the tenants long term. What would you say to that in favor of mobile homes? You know, my area, I just don't see it. Maybe I'm not searching hard enough. Maybe, I, I don't know, but I don't see the similar numbers. People do ask me often, will you buy a house? My answer is always yes. I'll buy anything that the cash flow will work for me because that's what I'm looking for. Cash flow. I'm also looking for a particular property that's going to attract my ideal tenant. Like I just created this avatar of a tenant over years that I get along best with. They get along best with me. And it's the blue collar, handy man, handy woman that wants to be able to pull their utility trailer on the property. They love a fenced yard because they're probably going to bring not just their dogs, but maybe their pig and goats and these other animals that typical landlords don't like. And I want to attract that person. 
because they have taken very good care of our properties over the years. They've stayed for a very long time. We get along great. I look to find something that they like. If I buy an HOA, they don't usually want that because, well, for one, an HOA doesn't want their utility trailer parked out front because they're usually, you know, like I said, some type of handyman. More strict. Handyman. Yep. I just created that avatar and that allows us to have a lot easier time managing the property because they take pride in it and they don't call us the smallest little light switch or flapper in the toilet. The little things, like I said, because they take pride and they, they go fix it because that's what they do for a living anyways. That's good. And tell me about the shirts. What's the story behind it? My wife buys mobile homes. I said it's, that you're the kind of like the go-getter. You find, you find the deal. She underwrites it and decides if you guys should pursue it or you guys work as a team. Yeah. Or, so she's in the background. She doesn't love all the attention. She doesn't enjoy that whole side of it. But if it's from the background, she likes to help out with there. She definitely helps me look over deals. She's a little more, I'll say of the consistent level-headed this you know i'm the entrepreneur that's like let's go do this let's go do this and jumps all around but the shirt really started i used to have another company name i don't know i got it from fiverr I, i did the typical thing that everyone tells you to do and it was fast solutions for homes and I, I love that name i had the little logo but then i needed a way to break the icebreaker when i was at places so i made a shirt similar to this it actually included houses and i was at one of my mastermind groups and they said, what are you doing with these two logos? You need one brand. And they said, the shirt works. It's relatable. It's more of your personality. I fought back a little bit, which is not what you should do in a mastermind. Because when the rest of the room tells you something, they're usually right. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? I'll try it out. And it's, it's worked. Now we changed our entire branding, everything to the shirt. And it, I can't say it works that we have bought properties because of this shirt. But people remember me because of this shirt. The shirt is mm-hmm. fun. It's memorable. They don't remember my face that much. They may not even remember my name, but they remember the shirt. And I only have to see people once or twice. And it says what we do. Yeah. And it's a neon color too. It stands out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like to be different. So it was easy to find something like this. Yeah. What would you say for those people that stroke to settle for a niche? And they say like, if you want to go broke, try to do everything. And then others say the richest are in the niches. You're truly in a niche. What will you say to those people that are struggling to settle and not chase every shiny object? Just set yourself some type of time limit to figure out what your niche is. And you can always change your niche if it doesn't work. I didn't set myself a time limit, but I, I started narrowing down, you know, listening to tons of podcasts and, you know, there's a mobile home guy on here this week. And next week there might be an apartment guy and then a note guy. And I started just listening to him and he realized, all right, that one doesn't resonate with me. That one's crossed off. And I got down to a few and it was a lot of the cash flow is why I stuck with the mobile homes. But I was challenged. I thought that I wanted to be houses and mobile homes. We still get leads for houses, even though I have nothing for four or five years now that says houses, you still get those leads here and there. The niche really does work. And I also think you got to bring it to the next level, get really good at that niche before opening up to a new one. That's what we did. You know, we've gotten really good at where we're at and now we're expanding a tiny bit. We want that niche to be almost on autopilot and everyone knows what we do and we're doing really well with it. And you got to take action. And the last piece to that is you can change. If that niche doesn't work for you, six months later, you're like, man, these mobile homes are terrible. I don't like them. They don't fit my personality. Change it. But give it, I think you got to give it anything at least six months. 
what have you found to be the most successful way to generate these kind of leads for mobile homes? It seems like from an outsider's, I, I haven't bought any mobile homes, but it just seems like most of the sellers are older mom and pop owners that have a mobile home park, for example, others that have had a trailer that they own for many years. And I don't know if direct mail or if they're even online, like social media. The short answer is you do the exact same stuff hmm. and you replace the word house with mobile home. So the direct mail, like I said, the social media, Google AdWords, signs on the side of the road, I believe they all work. We have done the best from networking. So everything you just explained that you don't really know mobile homes. I go to meetings, I meet people and I say, we buy mobile homes and you look at me weird and you're like, how can there be money in them? Aren't they so dangerous? And I say, you're right. Send me all your leads. Oh, other investors not wanting to deal with them, not thinking there's anything of value there, bringing the deals to us. And again, we'll pay anyone. We want to keep everyone in the deal. That's been a lot of our deals. And realtors are the same way because no matter what your market, the numbers are, let's say a, a mobile home with a land is 20, 30 to $50,000. That's our market. The houses sell for 150, 250, 300,000. It's about the same amount of paperwork. And most realtors don't understand mobile homes. So they much rather do that big paycheck house. They also still want to help their clients or the people that call them up. So we've had a lot of referrals from realtors as well. It seems like things like flips are shiny objects, the wholesaling mobile homes is now one that, yeah, there is a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. So that's, seems like it's an untapped niche. Yeah. And you can wholesale them. You can fix and flip them. You, know, you, you do have to figure out what the banks will finance. And we mainly wholesale the ones that need to be a fix and flip, meaning the price to give the seller the highest dollar works better as a fix and flip than as a rental for us. Mm -hmm. Then we wholesale those because we want to do what's best for everyone. And we don't fix and flip. It goes back to the niche. I don't fix and flip. I don't really know how to do it. I've done one by accident and I like that slow, boring money. So I leave the fix and flip to the people that that's what they specialize in. Yeah. What is your maybe five year or 10 year goal? What do things look like for you down the line? We made a lot of changes this year. We brought our office manager on full-time salary and she is running the day-to-day. -day. So she's running the marketing, we're getting her position fully worked in because like, she hasn't been doing all these items, but the marketing, the calls, bringing those in all the way up to the point of the person really wants to have a conversation about their problem or they just have a really cheap price. So either way, and that's whenever I'm taking over, I want to continue doing that. I don't see a point of ever not buying properties. We're not only making more money for us, but we are helping more people. There's a lot of people out there to help. Mobile home parks, as I mentioned, we look at them. Maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't. It's just another avenue to look at. Doing a little bit of speaking and teaching and just really next recession, we'll buy some site-built homes, most likely. But we just change as the market changes. I can't tell you exactly what five to 10 years, because that's a long time. Yeah. That's the plan right now. Just enjoying life. We, we like to travel. Nice. Yeah. And what are three things that you would say have helped you hit real estate home runs, whether it be from mindset to strategies you have implemented in your business or partnering with other investors? And you just hit three of my top favorites right there. All right. Masterminds and mindset. And I'm in three mastermind groups. I, I run one of them, but they are huge. Just getting around a group of like-minded people to elevate my thinking, except the shirt kind of came from there and just make me really step it up. Mindset 
I spend more time reading and studying mindset stuff these days than I do real estate. It can't be that way the whole time. You have to get that really good base of real estate. It doesn't mean I don't go to real estate classes anymore. I just spend more time on the mindset and using other people's time. I love that. There's so few people that talk about that. That's what you said. Partnering. I think of that as in using other people's time and expertise. If I did want to fix and flip, I wouldn't do that myself. I would call you up and say, Hey, I know you know how to fix and flip this type of property in this area. Do you want this deal? I'll bring part of the money or whatever. You're going to run it. I'm going to get some of the money. We look at stuff like that. Another example is I had a short sale once. I don't know how to do short sales. But I found a realtor that specialized in it. And now I have actually a friend that is his business nationwide. Now, as soon as I get a short sale or something that looks like a short sale, I send it to him. I'm not going to try to figure that out. I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel. That's his expertise. He can make a little bit of money, have a better chance of it going through. I love partnering or using other people's time. That's good. How can people stay in contact with you, learn more about what you're up to? The best way is go to adriansmood.com. My last name is S, M is in Mary, U, D is in dog, E is in Edward. And on there it has my two different businesses, our buying business, the My Wife Buys Mobile Homes. It also has the Lifestyle REI. That's my education business. We're speaking, teaching different classes. I'm bringing in other speakers that are really doing the business and don't want to create a business or a platform to go and help and teach what they're doing. I'm creating a platform that they can just show up, teach what they're doing and go back and do the business instead of focusing on, you know, it's a big deal to make a whole new business and they just like real estate. But that is one of my goals is helping other people is bringing people that don't do what I do and we can all learn and grow together. I have my social medias are on there too, but if you just go to adriansmood.com, everything's there. Awesome. Hey, Adrian, thank you so much for your time and I appreciate you coming here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Reach out anytime. All right. We hope you enjoyed this interview and got some value out of it to help you in your real estate investing journey. If you can take just a minute, please do us a favor and leave a review. Hit the like button on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to our podcast on and subscribe so you can hear future episodes. Also, don't forget to check out our Real Estate Home Runs Podcast community Facebook group where you are able to connect with some great listeners. If you're an investor who is crushing it and want to share some information centered around passive income in real estate, please contact us. Hit those home runs and we will see you next time.